Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 89 as we talk about college football, the MLB, NFL, and of course, our signature segments, the vault of hilarious contracts, your weekly turtle tab, Mike's stupid rules, and write that down predictions. Did you know that there are over 30 million tubular meat products that are normally sold at MLB games throughout like entire season? Talking like hot dogs and sausages, right? Tubular meat. And, uh, you know, obviously not this season because there aren't like, there haven't been any baseball games, but that amount of tubular meat can (laughs) stretch from Dodger Stadium to Wrigley Field. It's a long distance. People eat a lot of hot dogs. Hot dogs and sausages, man. But the best thing to eat at the bar park, Tonio's Cuban Sandwich. Cubans are really good. Best deal yeah. at Target Field for food. Yeah, but Tonio's is only at one field. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll stick with the Chicago dogs. They're not as good. Yeah, I don't know. Celery yeah. salt on there? Mm. <clears throat> I'll stick with some KC barbecue. Mm. That is pretty good. Unless, yeah. it's, unless it's Dollar Dog Day, then you gotta get those hot dogs. Yeah, Dollar Dog Days are always good. On Fridays, Dollar Dogs during the dog days of summer. How many Neither. times can we say dog? Casey has Dollar Dogs on Fridays? Yeah, you Fuck think night. They, See, they, they put them on like Tuesdays and tell you, right? They want to get people to show up when they otherwise wouldn't show up. Right, they're gonna get good crowds on Friday nights no matter what. So you put them on like yeah, Tuesdays. Yeah, that's, that's why, but... Because Friday nights are normally, like, when a lot of people bring, like, families and kids, so then it's more affordable to go to the ballpark on Friday nights. But they know people are going to show up anyway on Friday, so you put it on a bad marketing. The Royals have a bad marketing department. Fire the Royals marketing department. Speaking of firing, we can't fire anyone on this podcast, but... But it would be Kyle. (laughs) No, it would be Ariane. Hey, I like Ariane. It would be you. Just admit it. Why? I'm not the one. Because you're wearing a Purdue shirt. Get out of here with that garbage. It's a true fact. It's a true fun fact. You know what isn't a fun fact? What? The 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 Cyhawk game getting canceled. You know, trying to get back to our regularly scheduled programming here. Um, So yeah, the Big Ten was the first one to do this because apparently. Having an in-state game between Iowa State and Iowa, you know, like two hours apart from each other, is a major cause for concern. Um, like traveling, as opposed to like you know, flying all the way out to Pennsylvania to play Penn State or flying all the way out to play Rutgers. Yeah, like that's I don't know. They went ahead and made that decision, so. Since the Big Ten is not playing any uh, non-conference games, the Cyhawk series will not be played this year, which is a big sad. See, two things to add here. First of all, you like to say canceled. I like to say forfeited by Iowa. Yo, yeah, there we go. Right. It's Iowa, the the Big Ten canceled these non-conference games first. That means I'm going to go with Iowa forfeited the Cyhawk game. To the Cyclones. Well, yeah, they canceled it, and then it is essentially forfeited to yes. us. So basically, Iowa State won the Cyhawk. That's what I'm getting at. Iowa State still wanted to play it, obviously. 
Mm-hmm. So they didn't cancel it for a reason. First of all, Cyclones win the Cyhawk. Second of all, um, the reason they canceled the Big Ten canceled non-conference games is not necessarily because of the travel, right? Because that would be right. There's no greater risk in playing a non-conference game than a conference game, right? It doesn't have anything to do with health per se. It has everything to do with flexibility, right? So basically, if you only play conference games, right, that means the conference has a lot more flexibility in the schedule to be able to mix around the conference schedule. You know, if a team has to quarantine, if you can't play games in this location, right, it's a lot easier to mix things around when the entity deciding these things, the Big Ten Conference, has control over the entire schedule, they gain so much more flexibility, so it, it has a lot more to do with the flexibility than it does the, uh, the the travel and the safety of the game itself. So that's why the Big Big Ten and Pac-12 made this decision. But Mike, is the Big Ten still going to play ten game or twelve a full twelve game schedule this year, or are they only going to play ten games? Looks like they're going to up the conference slate from nine games to ten games. Um, that's not confirmed yet. Uh, the Big Ten hasn't said for sure what they're doing, but it looks like they'll play 10 conference games. So one thing, one interesting thing that I read is a Cyclone sports writer actually proposed this idea where the Big 12 splits themselves into conferences for just one season. Into divisions? Um, in, or divisions, rather. It, uh, correction there. Um, so like the Northern Division plays each other twice. So right, that's that's eight games. Yep. And then you play one other team from another division mm. to get nine nine conference games. Yeah. It would so be, basically, it would you be have interesting a- trying to match other conferences and number of games played. Now, obviously, if the Big Ten goes up to ten games, you might have to change that up. Well, I mean, I would say already. Uh, Big 12 already plays nine conference games every year. Yeah. Right. So going up to 10 would be a problem because it means it would be a strength of schedule problem because it means you play somebody twice. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of playing somebody twice in one year in football. That's why I don't like the division plan where you play every team in your division twice. I don't like that in football. In college football, it doesn't make sense. In college I basketball, mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, right. Because play the season's everybody. longer. Right. But think about the uh, think about what these divisions, right? So in the north you'd presumably have Iowa State, West Virginia, yep. who else would be in that division? K State, KU, K-State, and K-U. Oklahoma State. Right. So think think about that, right? Think about how unbalanced that would be. Your 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 three be- or your two best teams in the conference are both in the South, presumably in Texas and Oklahoma are presumed to be your two best teams. Right. And then Baylor is going to be good again in the South. Right. So three of your top five teams are in one division. And TCU will probably be another 500 team again. Mm-hmm. Right. So you basically have Iowa, you have Iowa State and Oklahoma State in the North as your two best teams. And then you have th- I don't like it's just not a balanced schedule. I don't like that. West Virginia schedule. and K-State would probably be around 500 and KU is going to be in the basement right right so it inflates the entire north division's record right basically you get get to beat KU twice I don't like that plan bad plan I think it's a bad plan I think if you're going to play football play the I just thought it was an interesting interesting conversation because then you keep 
you try and keep the same teams playing each other, and as long as they're healthy, then... I mean, yeah, I get that that definitely mitigates um, virus spread, but I don't think that... I think if you're going to play, you got to play at this point. You got to play your conference schedule if you can. If you're going to play, you got to play. We should play, write that in the quote Hall of Fame. If you're going to play, you got to play. I mean, right? And just looking at this from a financial perspective, right? This is our, already just the cancellation of non-conference games is incredibly damaging to athletic programs, especially in the group of five and the FCS schools, right? So for these non-conference games, for the most part – Right, the the Power Five schools pay the non-conference or the FCS schools to come and get beat, basically. And for some of the these smaller schools, these these contract games we're going to call them usually earn between nine hundred thousand, usually on an average of about a million dollars. We'll call it an average of a million dollars per um, contract game. Right. So just think of a of a school. Of a, of a mid-major that just had two of these non-conference games canceled, right? That's $2 million right there that they'd lose. That's a pretty significant amount for these small athletic departments. That's basically their entire football budget. They're losing just from losing these non-conference games. The financial impacts to these, these group of five and FCS schools is just insane. They'll be... And I mean, with th- thinking of school like schools like New Mexico State, they really have nothing to do because they they have no more sports they can legally catch. They're already at the NCAA minimum, right? They're they lo- they're an independent, so if everybody cancels non-conference games, they got nobody to play. Um, and they're already losing so much money, right? They might just have to fold the entire athletic department because of this. It's financially insane what how this is hurting the smaller schools who don't have the TV revenue that the major schools have. Um, and even, even this is going to even hurt the uh, Cyclones budget too, because, um, right. So Jamie Pollard put out a letter on Monday about um, how this would hurt the Cyclones budget. Basically, if there's no football in the fall, um, the Cyclones are going to lose $40 million this year um, is what Jamie Pollard said when he released some of the financial information from uh, the Iowa State Athletic Department in saying why he still wants to play football in the fall if possible. Um, right, and even moving it to the spring, right? He talked about moving it to the spring, as, right? Some people have talked about that as an option. Um, basically, he said... Yes, I mean, it's better than no alternative, but still, they've got that $40 million cost that they basically have to float until spring when they're still not sure that they could have a full football season, right? Because, right, who knows what the spring is going to look like, right? They have to pay this money right now, right? It's fixed cost, most of it, right? Scholarship, tuition money, coaches' salaries, things like that, that are basically fixed costs that they have to pay now, and if they're not getting the football revenue, they can't just float $40 million. It's not practical. So there are big financial issues for athletic departments, as we've said. Um, I mean, Stanford has already cut 11 sports because of this. There's more to come. This isn't over yet. 
This is not over yet. So we'll keep you informed on that going forward, unless Kyle or Wyatt has anything else to add on that matter. Um, but with nothing else to add, we're going to move on to something much more enjoyable to talk about. It's a baseball's almost back. We are like, what, like 10 days now away from opening day? 10 days, 12 days, something like that. I'm ready. I am pumped. I am ready for baseball. Um, so far, everything seems to be on track for um, those opening days. There have been no major COVID issues in training camps yet that I have uh, been aware of. So that is good news, and we uh, will continue to hope that's the case as we go forward with hopefully full rosters and meaningful games getting played that hopefully we can get through the season. Week and a half. I can make it a week and a half, right? I can make it a week and a half with no more baseball. I hope. Maybe. Well, so except for the Royals, uh, so the or COVID is going through our catchers like wildfire right now. Salvi had it. Our backup catcher, Cam Gallagher, had it. And, yeah, we've had to sign a couple catchers now just in case that they aren't able to play or come back or decide to come back, I guess, now. So, that would be yeah. unfortunate if Salvi can't play since he wasn't able to play all of last season. Yeah, I mean, even a, a positive test isn't going to do somebody in for the entire season, probably. So, depending on how quickly they can recover. Yeah. So, we'll see. Most players will play... Most players will play most of the year, still, is the hope. As long as the league can continue. So, I think the the MLB is still on track to go. There's also some big news out of the NFL today. Kyle, you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, so, late last night it was rumored that Dan Snyder, the general manager and team owner for the Washington Redskins. Um, they had meetings this weekend, and they announced today, Monday, the 13th, that they are going to be retiring the team name and team logo for the Washington Redskins. They will be no longer be called that. Uh, a future name has yet to be announced. They are still working through the details on that saying that they are working closely with Coach Ron Rivera on coming up with a new name for the team that fits their ideals and their what their team they want to push the team forward for quote-unquote the next 100 years. Uh, but that team name should be announced before the start of the season, but they have had zero timetable on when it will actually be announced. So... More to come on that. I saw today that uh, people were scooping up trademarks of a lot of the rumored possibilities for new uh, new Redskins names, so that uh, that uh, they would have less options slash have to buy a trademark off somebody for a new name. I thought that was interesting. People uh, people going after the Redskins after that, but. I thought that was also funny. Why didn't I, why didn't we think of that? We should have. I mean, we're right. also we're pretty ethical people. I would I would wager, and most people that domain squat like that are less than ethical. I think, but hey, you uh, own a domain, right? 
I own a couple domains. They're, they're yeah, cheap, I but I, I use them. <laughs> 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 I don't buy them so I can force somebody else to buy them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that leads us into our, our next segment, which is Kyle's favorite segment, I'm assuming now, which has been dubbed the Vault of Hilarious Contracts. That's Boom. how it's going to be announced from now on. I am... I'm super excited about that. That's such a great intro into my new favorite segment. You know, soon to be everyone's favorite segment, of course. Uh, so last week we introduced this new uh, segment to the podcast and we talked about Bobby Vanilla. But we are going to move on and stick with baseball this week as we talk about Ken Griffey Jr. So... Uh, back when he signed a contract with the Reds, he had a clause in the contract of a payout that goes through the 2024 season. So he is currently tabbed on the Cincinnati Reds roster for $3.6 million per year from the year 2009 until the year 2024. So there are still four years left of payouts that Ken Griffey Jr. makes on his contract. That's a lot of money per year just in dead money that the team has to pay to a player. But he made out like a bandit. See, but notice that you only see these contracts in non so far at least in non-salary cap sports like baseball, right? You can afford to be right when it doesn't hurt your salary cap situation. Right, it's beneficial to the teams to spread out contracts instead of playing them all at once because time value of money, blah blah blah, lots of other economic words and graphs I could throw at you right now, but that would probably be boring. Yeah, it's, money money now is worth more than money later. There, I summed it up. So it makes sense for teams to to space the money out over more time, especially when you think about like contracts that used to be in the 80s or whatnot, they obviously were not as valuable as contracts are right now. Spread the money out, it means less later. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Interesting contracts. Now it's time for my favorite segment. Now that Kyle's favorite segment is done. This should be Kyle's favorite segment, though. But we are not. going to go into our weekly turtle tab, updating you on all things about baseball's savior, Willens Astadio. Um, as we last left our hero, um, he was in self-isolation after testing positive for COVID and he, as he got to Twins Camp, and nothing's changed. Um, he's still um, in isolation after testing positive for COVID. He is still asymptomatic. He is still doing well. He is still in good spirits, and hopefully he will be back on the field in the next week is the Twins' hope. So hopefully next week's weekly turtle tab will be good news, allowing Willens Astadio to get back on the field and behind the dish catching. Looking forward to seeing him back blind pickoff of runners and running around the base path with his tongue sticking out of his mouth. So... Moving on to my next favorite segment, of course. You mean your favorite segment? No, my next favorite segment. Favorite. No, I told. I just told everybody that the weekly turtle tower is my favorite segment. 
I can't have two favorites. That's against. Well, yeah, but the stupid rules are more of a favorite than not your other me. segment. No, not I, for he's, me. He said they weren't, Kyle. Why are you arguing with that? He already said it wasn't. This is this is a subjective question, not an objective question. I I determine what my favorite is. You don't. You are not in charge of me. The, the Mike Stupid Rules is my second favorite segment behind the Weekly Turtle Tap. So there. And we're going to continue with our obscure Olympic sport sporting events in Mike Stupid Rules. And this week we are going to talk about the Nordic Combined Event. This is an event um, of skiing type, a combined event of different skiing type events that has been going on at the Olympics since the first Winter Olympics in 1924. Um, it is another combined event of two different skiing events. First, there is a ski jumping event where um, teams, or well, teams, they're not teams, or individual competitors are scored based on their ski jump, just like they would be in normal ski jumping. And then after that, there is a, I believe it is a 10-kilometer Yes, a 10-kilometer cross-country ski race with a staggered start. So whoever got the highest score in the ski jumping um, starts at time zero, and then all other athletes start further back based on um, how far behind that original score they were in the ski jumping. And then whoever crosses the finish line first wins. Um, Simple as that. Um, Right now... This is only a men's event in the Winter Olympics. It has been at every Winter Olympics since 1924 as a men's-only event. But um, it will, in the next Winter Olympics that are currently scheduled for 2022, um, it will become both a men's and a women's event. They're adding a women's Nordic combined in the um, next Olympics. So basically, ski jumping plus cross-country skiing equals Nordic combined. There you go. Now you know more about obscure Winter Olympic events. And next week, we will come back with one more obscure Olympic-themed Mike Stupid Rules, and then hopefully we'll have cool, interesting applications of baseball rules to talk about once the games actually get started in a week and a half. So, The more and more of these Olympic rules and just events that you're explaining to me, the, the more I realize I don't know a whole lot about the Olympics. So I appreciate these. There's, I like them. I like learning a, new things. There's a whole lot of Olympic sports that most people don't even know exist. That is true. Speed walking is an Olympic sport. I did know that. Isn't there like a speed walking like thing in Boston or something that they do? I watched some weird like 25-minute documentary on it one time, so I'm basically an expert. But Yeah, if you watch the video on YouTube, you must be yeah, an expert. Instantly. That's how that works because nothing on the internet is untrue. Hey, that's okay. I'm explaining most of these rules to our entire listening audience after reading their Wikipedia page quick. So, <laughs> you know. Very good. I appreciate that we have a resident Wikipedia reading expert on Heck staff. Yeah. With Wait, that, if I'm on staff, that means I should get paid. Why am I getting paid? You get paid in love and affection, Mike. All right, I'll take that. It's better than nothing. So, with that, do we have anything to take off of our Write That Down prediction board? Yes, we do actually have one thing to take off our Write That Down prediction board. Um, It is a prediction from Josh. Josh predicted, oh, how long ago was 
that. So just probably about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was like two, three weeks ago. Yep, that Iowa State would win the Cy-Hot game. Um, despite us joking that um, this was a forfeit from Iowa and Iowa State did win the Cy-Hot, officially this will not go down as a win for Iowa State. So officially this will not go down as a correct prediction for Josh. So he will get a nah, nah. That is it. That was the only prediction to come off the board this week. Nice. Kyle, you want to go get us started and start putting some new ones up there? Yeah. So my favorite baseball player, Whit Merrifield, will have 85 or more hits in this shortened 2020 MLB season. 85, you said? 85. Okay. Changed the number like seven times. I Three times. Three. According to the so Whit Merrifield is probably going to lead off most games, right? Yes, he will. He will bet in the one, two, or three hole. For okay, so we'll, we'll average that out and say, according to the numbers, he's going to get an average of four point five at bats per game, right? So four point five at bats times sixty games is two hundred and seventy at bats. 85 hits and 270 at-bats is a batting average of 315. So basically you're predicting in a roundabout way that Whit Merrifield will hit 315. But also, you know, that the season will be played in full and he won't get hurt, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is What does he hit in previous years? Uh, right around the 300 mark. I think his average last season might have been around 305. Um, Whitmerfield, baseball reference. Yes, please. Um, come on, baseball reference, load for me. Um, all right. Um, let's see, stats. He has hit his career he batting He hit 302 average. last year and 304 the year before. Yeah, his career batting average is 296. Um, I'm thinking either triple or home run for this prediction. What do you think? I was going to say at least a triple. At a bare minimum, that's a triple. So uh, yeah, basically, I saying he'll outdo his average by more than his career average by more than ten points this year, by more than fifteen points this year. And with all the factors in there, you know, we got the Rona, we got you know possible injuries. Uh huh. I'm thinking home run. I'm fine with that. All right, home run it is for Kyle. For a player who normally doesn't swing for the fences. Either Whit Merrifield or myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, my prediction, I'm also going to stick with uh, baseball hitting. I'm going to predict that twin second baseman Luis Arise will lead the American League in batting average this season. What is his career batting average? Um, his career batting average is whatever his batting average was last year because he was a rookie last year. Um, he hit uh, three thirty four last year. In how many games? In 92 games. 92 games. 326 at-bats. Yep. He finished sixth in rookie of the year last year. Rookie of the year voting. Ah, that's hard because it's... He's only had one season, so he's a one-hit wonder so far. So far. Yep. I don't even know. I don't either. What are you looking for in this one, Mike? 
what are you willing to give me? That's not the question. <laughs> I, I answered the question, the question with the question. <laughs> you must respond to that question with a legitimate answer, not another question. Um, but to say someone will lead the AL in batting, I, that's, that's pretty big. I'm thinking triple a home run is what I'm looking for for that. I was going to say triple. That's what I was going to say as well. All right, I'll take I, the triple. We might be a little balling you a little bit, I guess. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Sorry. Maybe. It happens. I've been so, low-balled a fair amount before. Yeah, yeah. The plane that you have, but I disagree. <laughs> you have a couple of times. Uh, I'm going to say that um, the Cubs will sweep the Brewers in the first uh, series of the season. At Wrigley, um, three-game series. Okay. Cubs are going to win all three. Okay, so you predict that Cubs sweep the Brewers. Um... I can't find individual game projections yet, so... Um, they probably wouldn't really matter anyway. Yeah, I can't Triple. find individual game projections at this point, so... Let's see. Um, I mean, this is just a basic exercise in combinatorics. Yeah, Home field advantage isn't going to matter anymore. Nope. I'm willing to say triple. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I said, too. I'll take it. What do we got from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He is. Doing good. Um, he predicts that Christian Yelich will hit three home runs against uh, in those first five games. Remember, we determined last week that those first five games are three at the Cubs and two at the Pirates. Three home runs in five games? I mean, I Remember can see that it. the baseball can fly out of Wrigley in July. When, if it's You're hot back. in July, that baseball can fly out of Wrigley Field. And is yep. is it in Miller Park or PNC Park against I, the Pirates? I did say two games at the Pirates. Oh, at the Pirates. I That went in one ear and right out the other. Just like everything else. <laughs> um, um, the ball can fly in Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, I'm not. I could. This is plausible, right? I'm thinking double or triple. I'm leaning towards triple for that as well. Okay. I'm also leaning towards a triple. Fine there's, with me. There's so many circumstances surrounding this season. Oh, yeah. So, with that, we have all four of our Write That Down predictions up on the board, a home run and three triples, which concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which also concludes the end of the episode. Everything goes in a sequence of events here on the 8311 cast. We appreciate you sticking around for episode 89. We hope to see you back again next week. For episode 90. Uh, until then, signing off for the 8311 cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to you again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. 1-0, baby. <laughs> <laughs>